Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to another wonderful episode of Those Damn Kids. I am your GM, Tyson Fraley, and uh, we have a little bit of a shorter episode this week. Uh, I apologize for the sparseness of this episode, uh, but we just needed to make sure we got certain key aspects into this episode before we led into the longer episodes that will be coming in the next few weeks. But uh, we, I just want to take a quick second to thank you for your patience and your consideration. And uh, of course, I will give a brief uh, introduction to all of our players, Alexander Cruz, Grayson Roach, Adam Honigman, and of course, Liz Nivine. With that out of the way, we're going to jump right in to our recap from last week. Last time on Those Damn Kids, the party w had just returned to the present timeline after going back in time and having a few shenanigans with their parents and other uh, important figures in their lives in the present. After arriving back in 1985, the crew was able to divert into two different directions. Uh, one group headed back to school while another uh, headed to Olivier's family home uh, to start labeling a lot of things across the house. After diverging off, the crew regrouped at Kit's family home where they were able to investigate the interior of this briefcase, learning more about uh, the various projects that were secretly happening at the loop, including some connections to Project Paperclip, including two projects known as Project Eraserhead and Project Ravenwing. The group was also able to get a old user's manual of a older version of the Cognoscence, uh, the same android that was located at their school. They were then deciding what to do next and who they should go and talk to, potentially the scrapyard manager known as Mr. McPherson. And that is where we left off. I think we have to go talk to our friend. Wait, what time is it? It's about four o'clock. Let's go talk to Mr. McPherson. Uh, you guys are able to uh, collect bike your bikes and race off towards McPherson's scrap on the outside of town. It takes you guys a little bit to get there. Uh, it takes about, about 40 minutes on your bikes. Uh, as you guys are traveling across, you eventually arrive at uh, a very funky looking like expanse. You can see that there is a wall of what looks to be different types of sheet metal that has been set across the front, kind of acring off the space from the farmland surrounding it. Uh, on the right-hand side, you can see what looks to be a large, tall structure with a long, what looks to be angular, semi-pointed piece coming from the rooftop inserted into the actual roof of the structure itself. Then these two large iron bands that you see are erupting from the ground almost like some sort of joint cuff, uh, but they're sitting like a hundred feet tall. The, this just massive, like, uh, what is it? Circular silver bands that kind of just dominate the entire space. As you arrive at the gates, you are immediately able to travel inside uh, where you can see in the back uh, just different types of scrap metal are just scattered across. But not only that, there's also electronics in different sections. There are what look to be pieces of disused robots, massive lenses, and 
different kinds of uh, bulbs, different sectors where you see entire, like, um, what are those called? Uh, electronic boards. The master, yeah, uh, what is it? You just see multiple circuit boards kind of scattered. And the motherboard. And other motherboards, kind of. As you guys arrive, you can see that there is a window that looks into the actual space. We could throw something. Get his attention. Hey, Mr. McPherson! The front door opens, where you see Mr. McPherson walks out, like, in sweats and a t-shirt. Hair kind of all in all directions, beard and glasses kind of on the at the edge of his nose, holding two tomato plants, just kind of stepping out. Oh, it's you. Hey. Hello. I must say I'm surprised at our reunion. I did not realize it was going to be this soon. Well, we saw you yesterday. But you did know it was coming. Indeed. Absolutely. I come to gift you these... These are my offerings. What is it? Uh, they're just plants with... Uh, one of one of them seems to have a bushel of, like, solid red tomatoes. Uh, the other ones seem to be a little bit ripe, undergrown. Kit uh, grabs the the glass that she finished the orange juice um, that she took from Olivia's house. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, this is our offering. And she holds it up to Mr. McPherson's face. He very gingerly takes it, picks it up. Kit nods gravely. Flicks it. Ding! I did not realize I was receiving a gift. <sighs> what kind of probing will this require? Probing? Uh, conversational. That is much kinder than I had expected. Is your craft nearby? Oh, no, Mr. McPherson. Uh, you just handed us the plants, and I wanted to give you something back, so I gave you the glass. I appreciate it. We're just, we're just kids. We're not. You we're are not, like not just children. Yes, we are. No, Can I, I remember you. Oh my God, it's proven. You are not just children. You are the black-eyed children. What? What? I look at him very seriously, and I go. You remember the car crash? I do indeed. When I saw you and you approached, and you start, you gr gifted me those Bristol boards, I flashed it in the sunlight, like my headlights, at that day, trying to see if I could see your white, pale form. That doesn't mean anything. Boy, do we have some info that's gonna rock your fucking world. <laughs> so then I simply speak with the gods. Fine. Come within! And he just walks inside of his house. We follow. Well, I follow. Kit follows. Yeah, absolutely. I give like a look to Baxter and Jenny. We're totally going to get murdered. You guys enter inside. Uh, in the kitchen, you find a shit ton of plants. Uh, it looks like this man probably grows everything that he eats. Uh, you can see that. Uh, what is it? Numerous like walls of zucchini, uh, different tomato plants. You can see beans. Uh, like he also seems to be experimenting with like different kind of things he can grow. Uh, he's also very much redecorated. Like there's an oven, except the 
top of it has been sliced open to allow more soil to be contained within the body of the machine. So it's a mixture of machine and like roots and vines that are sprouting all across this room. Tyson, does he have recreational plants? Uh, make a quick mind <laughs> investigate check. No successes. No successes. It's hard to tell with just, it's just a lot of green. As he's kind of holding the glass very gently, he goes into a separate door. He's like, continue to follow. As he enters into a second room, this one, you have never encountered a computer before. Especially one this big. Probably about 12 feet tall by 20 feet wide. So, like, really one of those, like, old, old computers. As you guys walk in, I would like anyone proficient with mind investigation to please make a mind investigate che check. Two successes. One success. You both enter as Mr. McPherson is holding the glass. So you have come to my den of wonders. Y you do see also this room does expand. This room seems to connect to a massive garage that set out the back, filled to the brim <laughs> with the absolute wildest shit. Don't like that. It is clear suddenly that Mr. McPherson is not only a collector, but also an inventor. But the things you're looking at look way more complicated than just doing the thing the usual way. So, like, there's a vacuum cleaner that you see has two handles and comes out to about your waist. So it looks like you just move the vacuum cleaner with your hip so you don't have to force your arm forward. But it just doesn't, you know, make a lot of sense to do it that way. However, as both Kit and Olivier, you look over to two things in the far corner, kind of hidden in amongst a massive scrap pile. They're both too difficult to see at this point, but what you clock are identification numbers, both of which that are very similar, if not exactly the same as the one from the projects you just read about today. Uh, Olivier says, Kit, do you see that? Uh-huh. Should we ask him about it? I'm kind of afraid. I don't know. Uh, do, are we like on our, I guess we're on our, our own little. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was intending for Kit to have like been whispering. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe we can get like a better look at it if maybe like Jenny starts, you know, doing Jenny's thing. Oh, uh, true. Where's Jenny? I love it when she does her thing. Yeah, me too. Baxter's a little lost among the, like, he's like a kid on Christmas in Toys R Us. He's like. He loves this nonsense. This is cool. I am trying not to touch anything while also keeping a hopeful eye out for any, like, cute robot inventions. Please make a mind investigate check, Jenny. I don't spot anything. You don't find a cute robot. However, you are looking for robots, uh, and you do find something deeply unsettling. Uh, you find what looks to be uh, an old car set up with jumper cables that is attached to two massive wires on the torn torso of what looks to be some 
old style android robot it looks entirely as a robot it looks like it is very old mostly rusted away at this point as it is just hanging upside down arms free and just is just staring vacantly forward hmm okay does it look alive not currently okay i don't suggest you touch that one oh yes he only screams oh why <laughs> well have you seen him i tried my best to fix him but you know how it is with androids once you construct things like consciousness on a like codified level it makes it very difficult for them to deal with existential questions and also the replication of physical pain while Jenny is inadvertently distracting Mr. McPherson, I'm going to go towards the serial numbers to get a better look with Kit. Well, maybe the robot wouldn't scream if you gave it legs. And it wasn't just half a robot hanging there. Did you consider that? There are plenty of, of people who operate without legs. Right, but they aren't just like loose, loose gaping torsos. They have a bottom to them in some fashion. So give it wheels. I don't know. I suppose I see your point. Or just let it die peacefully and stop hanging it attached to a car to scream. Androids don't die. They're just decommissioned. You can always jumpstart them. Really? Always? I mean, if you have the right equipment. Well, now I know why it's screaming. Because that's horrifying. Would you not scream? Hmm. I used to. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, for Kit and Olivier, you arrive at the corner, kind of pulling a few things around. Uh, you find two very interesting-looking objects. The first one, you immediately uh, mark down that it has the same ID number as Project Eraserhead. It is a box it seems to be composed of some sort of dark metal that is sim simply just set on the side of a chair just kind of like thrown discard like discarded with what looks to be some sort of lock on the outside that has been broken uh it is about maybe a foot by a foot in size uh the second object is much bigger you see a large disc that seems to be set onto some sort of bronze stand of which there seems to be multiple compartments that go around the ridges of it that are kind of wrapped in coils. This one is identified as Project Ravenwing. Where did you find this stuff? Oh, my curiosities, you found them. Oh, the garbage is a great place. You found this at the dump? Yes! In, prior in priority destruction. Wow, who would throw these out? What do you think they are? Oh, I know precisely what they do. Can you show us? Well, I could. But I would need some help. Hey, we're great help. Well, both of these objects are provided by none other than the loop. 
these two objects were early science projects based on the late one known as Marshall Gibson. He was the head lead researcher at the Institute. He's a fickle character. Holy shit, he actually knows. What? I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> ba ba Baxter's been kind of off looking at you. Baxter has like a, like a blender that has like a spout built into it, so drinks can come out right as it's being blended, but it just probably isn't going to work that way. He kind of wanders over. Are you... Whoa. You, you know? All of this? How? I keep up to date on the recent news. The most interesting of the two. Uh, it kind of walks over and just kind of kicks over the cube and points to the disc. This one. This one is most interesting because the moment that it was thrown away, a month later, Marshall Gibson, gone. No explanation why. Resigned and retired out of the Institute. After it was thrown away from the loop, you mean? Yes. I found it not long after it was thrown out. Marshall Gibson, at that point, had been the lead researcher and head deputy director for the Institute for 12 years. A spotless record. And then suddenly this object, object gets tossed out. And he leaves. Resigns. Gives up on the position. One of the highest standing positions. And then gives it to Leland Reed. Coincidence? Potentially. But I think not. What does this thing do then that would cause that? Transdimensional exploration. Speak very much to the very creatures that I have been telling you about. The pale ones. The tall ones, the short ones. The ones that are able to defy through dimensions and shoot through time. This device was probably the first used by ufologists who were smart enough to develop this technology by the German scientists brought in from Germany after World War II, developing pro pro Operation Paperclip, and therefore developed the strongest transdimensional exploring device ever known to humankind. Wait, so it's like a portal machine? Exactly. Have you tried to turn it on? I can't. Why not? Because I need a robot. What kind of robot do you need? Do you need a... And Kit brings out her notebook and reads off the whatever the identifier is for the professor and the robot information we found. Oh, for a cognizance. I mean, I might like that for different reasons, but not in the current varieties, no. Too small. I need a battery. I need a battery from what is known as an ARC-75 or any other large ARC product. I happen to know of one, because I, I used to own one, but before I could do it, it was taken from me. By the government? No. A farmer. He was using it as a tilling bot. I simply need it back. Why don't you just buy it from him? Oh, he won't sell it. And then I've, of course, tried to, like, bring the receipt back in, like, honest exchange, and he said no, and then I tried to take it back, and then he got the restraining order, and now I'm just here. Yeah, you give your neighbor your lawnmower, and then they're like, oh, this is my lawnmower the whole time. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've seen that. Have you? Are you missing a lawnmower, Olivier? Don't talk about the lawnmower. That's why they had to move away. Okay, and what's the box? Oh, the box! She kind of picks it up and just... Clink, opens the top. Nothing happens. It's just a metal box. 
At one point, I was keeping my hash in it. <laughs> However, it is lead, so that's helpful. There it is. Okay, but what if um, what if we wanted to turn one off? A, a portal... What if we wanted to turn a portal machine off? Right, but if there was, like, another one somewhere, is there a way to find it using this one? Um, I would have to turn it on and see. How much... How much research have you done into this kind of thing, Mr. McPherson? Oh, oh, oh. Decades. I kind of give a look to the gang, a questioning look being like, do we tell him? Kit shrugs like Kit, Kit is down either way. Uh, Mr. McPherson, by your theorizing, when they threw this device out, was it because it failed or was it because they had an alternative? I am unsure. Whatever it was, it was bad. Otherwise, Marshall Gibson would have not given up his position so easily. Side note, pals and uh, Mr. McPherson. Remember that report that I told you about my dad? Yes. yes. That showed up yes. at my mom's house. I have no recollection of this. Yeah, um, that's okay. Do you, do you remember? Do you remember that? What that was all about? Because, so there were three names in that report, <laughs> and um, one of them came up tonight, um, Dr. Leland Reed um, was questioned like years later after Understrung and Marshall Gibson were questioned, so that's just interesting. I just wanted to point that out. Well, Reed, Reed probably took over from Gibson, right? So maybe he took over the project. Mr. McPherson, um, do you know what Leland Reed was doing before becoming Gibson's replacement? That is a truly interesting question. Based on what I understand of Mr. Reed, he came from Boulder City. He uh, was initially in contest for taking over this loop uh, with one other scientist at that point. I cannot remember the name. But, uh, regardless, uh, Mr. Reed, uh, uh, how, how may, I, may I put this? He is um, dashingly handsome. And thus, I think that is why he got the, the part. The charisma. Dashingly handsome. Yes. Tall, red hair, uh, kind of grizzled sort. Uh, it is clear that he comes from high money. Oh, okay. But like, does he dress well or? Oh, sure. Yes. Like that's really important, you know, like sartorial choices. Okay. So he's handsome. He's from Boulder City and he has something to do with Kit's dad. Okay. And there's like a farm robot that got lost and you want its battery to turn on a portal machine, which is probably not a good idea. And a razor head is a box. That's great. Good job, guys. We're solving all the mysteries. Jenny, take a, take a second, all right? Take, I don't appreciate the attitude. What attitude? I was being sincere. A weird time understanding that with you. Your vocal cues are not the same as other people. <laughs> okay. Well, we, kind of, team, we did come here to get one specific thing. Yeah, what even was that? I truly have lost track. We came for info. 
and the Faraday cage, which is the primary thing. Which we do. Need. You have a faucet cage, Mister McPherson. A faucet cage. I've got an idea. I could make one. It would require two weeks, and twenty dollars. I mean, I have twenty dollars. No, sir, Miss uh, McPherson. Um, Mister McPherson, sir. Uh, I assume that this place. I assume this entire place is a Faraday cage, right? <laughs> Oh, my boy, you know me too well. How do you know me? Okay, well, hey, no, I don't know you at all. Um, Ah, yes, gods, I forget, you're so small. Yeah, yes, small gods, little gods, teeny tiny gods. Okay, so what if we um, wanted to uh, build something that was similar to what you have here, but portable enough to, let's say, contain a singular uh, average-sized adult human? Can you make us, like, a Faraday bola? Uh, you would simply need it to be able to surround the target. I could probably do that. However, copper is expensive. Do you want $20? No. For that? Closer to 200 What if instead- Guys, what if instead we brought him here? Yeah, we could totally kidnap the professor. Well, no, no, no. Like, maybe not do that. How- the, the professor doesn't even want to call me by the cool nicknames I give him. How are we going to lure him halfway across town- to supervise children. You do something really bad at school, and then we say that you're hiding here. You you said you need an android here. I know a lure. I'll just turn that poor bastard on, and his screams will attract the other androids out of empathy. Is that how that works? Sometimes, yes. People work the same way. Except you can't allow someone who has lost most of their body below the waist to continue to live without massive uh, assistance. Uh, however, with androids, you can. Okay, but we'll probably attract, like, extra androids that we don't want if we do that. Like, extraneous androids. Mm. I suppose you would have to be worried about the vagabonds. Excuse me? <laughs> the vagabonds. Have you never met the vagabonds? Who's that? Oh, they're the roving tribes of androids. Excuse me? Yes. They travel from one side of the country to the other. Every place that there is an android, there is a vagabond party. There is even one outside of town. Fully conscious, able to d make their own reasoning, their own likes. Uh, they are weirdly obsessed with pop culture. Okay, th maybe we don't need to bring a whole... If we just knew somewhere on our school grounds that was covered in copper and we just shoot an electrical charge through it, that should do the trick, right? Mm, an EMP pulse could possibly do it. Wouldn't that turn him off? It would destroy his electronics. Okay, no. Well, then we couldn't hack him. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you want him alive? Okay, very different. We just need something big enough covered in copper that's on school. What about, like, a car? There there, there might be a way to realistically get him here. I think I, I Kit mentioned, like, you know, saying that something bad happened here and getting him to come over. I don't know. Maybe he's, does he have, like... Empathy, um, circuits? Empathy circuits. I don't think- I've never- can't, I don't know if you know how detention works. They don't chase you off the school grounds. Yeah, how, how do we- how do we make sure that he doesn't just, like, call the cops or something? Then we- d we don't make it- we make it a trip, then. Okay, we make this a school trip, right? We get the class here. Maybe. Why don't we just literally hack the professor and bring the professor here? Mr. McPherson, do you, is there a secret hack alert? Like, if we hack a robot, is it going to send a transmission to HQ or whatever? Oh, yeah, of course. 
Uh, it depends. It depends on if it's connected to the network. However, it would have to be physically connected to the network. Wait, wait a second. This robot that you're trying to do, is it currently wandering? Kinda. It's at school. It's like a teacher. Yes, but all androids do, the same as humans, require moments of rest. They have to plug in usually to a neural network that allows their body and electronics to be changed to recharge basically their battery. If they're connected to that network, then yes, an impulse will be sent. However, if he's connected, I can send a program through my computer to get him here today. So you can, like, remote operate? I send an impulse from the computer. It's connected to the, to the main network that is connected to the loop. Uh, don't tell anyone that, of course. But if he is connected to the loop's enterprise, he will be able to be sent straight here. Or I can alter the code from here if he's connected. If he is disconnected. However, if he is connected, and if I just change the code, that's different than hacking. What do we, what do we want from the professor that we can't get with a computer connection to the loop, which apparently you have? What? Only limited. If they realize that I'm connected, then I'm a little bit shit out of, out of options here. I can only connect usually for about 10 minutes uh, per week. I haven't expended it yet, uh, so that way they're not able to detect me. I am a ghost. Okay, ghost in the machine. What do we want from him? Well, we wanted to get inside his brain. What? Have you never been listening? Why? Just for fun? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, I, wa I wanted to figure out more about the stuff that we found in the briefcase. I feel like he's got logs and stuff. He was made by the loop. He might have more relevant info for us. Okay, like recent stuff? No, probably spanning back, spanning, probably spanning back decades. The problem is, uh, with what you're saying, young um, Oliver, Olivier, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we can be on a first name basis. That's cool. For, for you, little O, um, the problem is, is that uh, not the whole records have been digitized. That is the word I have come up for it. So all of the past files and all of the other forms of information have not been compacted down into the network. They operate the network for very specific things. You would need the physical copy if you are looking backwards. There's very few things that would be able to be connected. Hey, how many of those physical copies do they usually make? Mm, it depends. On uh, Different projects require different amounts of people to be involved. However, if there's ever documents that have been lost, sometimes they'll have to make duplicates or triplicates. And in those versions, they'll be able to black out the information the moment that the person who has uh, obtained it is able to get their hands on it. So if we want information about a lot of things, we literally have to go into the Institute and get a file folder and look at it? No, not you. Someone. One. One must. For a lot of it, yes. I guess we could get the professor to steal stuff. Or try. He'd probably be better at getting in there than any of us would be. Absolutely. Question, am I messing with this professor's head right now or not? Right, right now? In this moment? No. But maybe later. Well, would he be plugged in yet? He might not be plugged in. What time is it? 
Uh, at this point, it's getting close to five, five thirty. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Does he run extracurriculars? Does he? Do we know if he like just boots into the network after he's done work? Well, I, I certainly could be wrong. I don't understand how teachers work these days. I'm very fundamentally against them. But there's a possibility that th this one might be doing extra work to to do with marking. However, five thirty seems to be quite late for even a teacher. What, what happens if you send out a signal and he's not connected? Do they notice, or does it just not hit anything? It just doesn't hit anything. Great, let's try it then. But it's but I only have uh, limited access, and if I do it now, I won't be able to do it later. However, at the same time, we're all shooting in the dark, aren't we? Let's shoot away then. What day is it? Today is Tuesday, September 4th. Okay, as long as it's not Friday. That's all I care about. So, like, if the professor goes... And steals things from the loop for us, like, he'd need to be back for classes, or someone would know that something is wrong. Realistically, I, going, and, and making him break into the, break into the institute after their working hours, probably a good idea, too. There's less security, right? An evening heist, then. I guess. Which one of you has the most, uh, what is it, technical knowledge? If we're to... Gauge it. I think we would have equal tech levels. Good. You're gonna do it right now, Mister McPherson. I just wanna. I just wanna make sure you're okay with helping us potentially commit a felony. Like we don't want. I don't want to get you into this if you're not like. He he just bends down, grabs you by the collar. He's just. Do you know what kind of opportunity I've been looking for to cause a felony throughout my entire life? There is nothing more than I enjoy than fucking up the government. Okay. Yes. Yes, sir. Hmm. Sorry. I get excited. No, it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, as I have mentioned before, Mr. B. Yep, yep. That's me, Mr. B. Yeah. Yes, you. You. Code names. Oh, his code name you. is Little Bunny. No, it's not. Little Bunny. No. I no. do not know if I can respond. Uh, it seems that I have said this name and I have not disintegrated, so therefore it seems I can speak your divine name. However, Little Bunny. As I've said before, I'm deeply distrustful of teachers. I believe that everyone has the capacity of learning whatever they need to. Therefore, I am not going to instruct you on how to do this. You are simply going to do it. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I can try. It's okay. We'll be here the whole. We'll be we here got... the whole time. Good. Get on it, boy. Yeah, how, how many of us can help in this situation? <laughs> Baxter is going to be getting four additional dice. What is okay? I sit down. What is his computer chair set up like? RGBs. Uh, this this is a dining room chair. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, sit down. Crack my fingers. Uh, pull up a few sheets of reference from the briefcase, maybe. And I will take a swing at it. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry. Make it with five additional dice, because the computer is considered an object. It's considered a special tool. Do a hack. For a second, I thought you were going to say that Rudy is helping. <laughs> a, a, hard, a hardened, hardened Red Bull and Mountain Dew-esque hacking session. Uh, he's like, he, you know, keyframes and clippings. And, oh, he's going, you know, oh, we're going through the code. There's ones and zeros flashing in his eyes. Baxter managed to get a single success. You, you somehow are able to figure out exactly what the hell is going on. It's just it's just code that's just downloading straight into your into your mind. As you 
fi you find the bridge, turn it on, connect it to the, uh, what is it? As you are connecting it, uh, you immediately are able to get uh, notifications, essentially pings back, stating that there are multiple different Omnisense uh, droids in the actual town or connected to this network. Therefore, you connect it to the one that seems to be designated to the school, send the ping. There's a connection. It's confirmed. Disconnection. I... I think... I think I did it? I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I think so? Computer programming is your gift, boy. Remember, no one has to teach you anything. All of our consciousness is connected. Upon the great beyond is the connected unconscious. There, as long as you can access it, you can know anything. Like our own neural network. Exactly. Holy shit. I clap Baxter on the back. It's amazing. I am going to be able to interact for the first time with an I-8. So exciting. Yeah, this is definitely for you that we're doing this. Well, yes, of course. Also for information and your adventure. Oh, the adventure. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that, that too. Should, should we order some pizza or something? Yeah, do you have any orange juice? No, never. Too filled with sugar for one, and also gas emissions. Oh. What do you eat then? Raw tomatoes. That's it? Also some ni nice zucchini, red beans. This is the vegetarian representation that I want. <laughs> you guys are able to see... Uh, Mr. McPherson's vast garden before you guys. Uh, which point for Baxter? Uh, well, actually, no. He would point this out for all of you. Uh, he does very blasé, just kind of pass by. And that's the coca plant. Uh, I use that for snorting, for composing my own cocaine. Anyway, continuing on this way. Dude makes the best diet coke in town. Which point you guys finish your, uh, your salads as you hear at the rear of the building. <clears throat> All right, I will get the garage door. You guys see standing out in the dark as night has descended, the full moon kind of shining. And something you didn't notice from your previous encounters with this figure, because it was light uh, inside the school, you never notice as the figure approaches the mechanical... Chink, chink, chink. The glowing light emanating from the android. Blue and orange dots that glow and radiate around him. Almost like fireflies. As he enters. May I be of assistance? And that is where we're going to leave it off for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Now we're going to run down the, the usual favorites. We want to give a big shout out to October Jones and Fish With Legs, a action adventure podcast all about a fish with legs and a young girl trying to save the world from a evil two-headed snake. Uh, you'll recognize multiple voices from this here podcast, including Alex and myself. Uh, so make sure to check it out if you're happening to be looking for an award-winning podcast to spend your time. Next up, make sure to take care of yourself. If you need a little nap, there's no shame in that. If you need a little bit of time just for tea and sitting and relaxation, go for it. You got this. Next up, 
Make sure to check out Crustaceous on all social media accounts. If uh, you need Alexander Kroost for a voice in your podcast, perhaps for some dramatic music, perhaps you just want someone to dress up in a banana mascot outfit, you know he'll do it. He will do anything, r- really. Like, he, he is a master of all trades and all practices, so anything you got, throw it at him. He's going to do it with perfect ease. Last but certainly not least, uh, I am not as witty or as naturally uh, funny as Adam, uh, but we will just say uh, double the bit next time uh, for Adam's sake. So if you enjoyed this series, make sure to check us out on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can also check us out on YouTube at Three Kings Loot. If you enjoy Those Damn Kids, make sure to check out Montreal by Night, our Vampire the Masquerade series that we did just before this. Get all of your board game news from The Bag of Loot and get all of your board game needs from Three Kings Loot. That's all from us here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.